Robbie Robertson, dead at 80, the last surviving member of the band. We had a vision from God. We got to put together the band! The band! <laughs> so, there have been some cool things that my father exposed me to. You could say these are my birthrights. Uh, one would be the movie The Blues Brothers. Another one would be The Last Waltz, which was the band's final concert at the uh, Winterland in San Francisco, uh, produced by Bill Graham, a Holocaust survivor, who's who played there. It was directed by Martin Scorsese. And uh, they've been on the road, I think, for... 16 years straight. And you had Van the Man, that being Van Morrison. You had Muddy Waters. You had Eric Clapton. You had Joni Mitchell. You had Neil Diamond, because Robbie Robertson had produced an album for him. I think it was for Beautiful Noise. And you also had Neil Young singing Helpless. And then you had Bob Dylan, who was a real bitch. And at one point, told uh, the producer, Bill Graham, the owner of the Winterland and the Fillmore's, he said, no, I don't want to go out because my hat is making me feel, my wide brim hat is making me feel inferior to Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> but Jimmy didn't play at the last one. But Dylan performed and he sang Forever Young, which was great. And, and then after that, he gets really rocking and sings. Baby, won't you follow me down in this world? If you just let me follow you down. Robbie Robertson lives. Holla! Thank you! Oh! Very much. So I watched that last night, The Last Waltz. And I was in such a giddy mood. My kids weren't here. <laughs> that was the main reason. But I'm drinking great beer, <laughs> which I know I have to stop. Um, but And I told my wife to get these sexy sweatpants that I bought for her at Victoria's Secret when I was a semi-functional adult again. And I was working for the Human Edge as a headhunter. And I gave her these like playful suction cup like kisses on her sweatpant box and I got her aroused and it was exciting. Uh, we didn't do anything past that, but uh, I thought that was enough intimacy uh, for one night. <laughs> but so I had a field day as far as just highly enjoying myself watching The Last Waltz. Um, I had stayed in a hotel room called the Levon Suite he was the drummer from Arkansas. He was the only American in the band and didn't really get the lion's share song credit for uh, the night they drove all Dixie down. But I don't mind chopping wood. Don't care if the money's no good. You take a piece and you leave the rest, but they didn't have to take the very best. The night. They drove old Dixie down. 
and the bells were ringing. Then now they drove old Dixie down, and the people were singing, la 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 for longtime fans, I was hosting a Shabbat Shalom ramble. I did about 14, I think. My last one was Shabbat Shalom ramble. Does Woodstock. Holla! <laughs> I think I did one after that. But again, I got that idea. Shabbat Shalom ramble from Levon Helm, who at one point was bankrupt, had a lot of trouble with drugs after the band's. After Robbie Robertson, <laughs> the crafty Jew <laughs> from Canada, colluded with Dylan's manager, Albert Grossman, and screwed all the band members out of the, uh, the royalties and ownership rights of the music, had him retire prematurely, because according to Robbie Robertson, someone had to be the adult in the room. <laughs> but, so, LeVon Helm experiences, like, the best second act of all time, and he helps like rebuild this like farmhouse and into this amazing performance space. And he's hosts these midnight rambles, performing with his daughter. She's got a super angelic voice. She can play like the harp too, uh, as well as the mandolin, uh, which Levon does on the last waltz, which is really great. So, and he would say, and he talks about it in the last waltz that, you know, the ramble, that's when like the jokes will get a little bit dirtier and juicier. And really would everyone let it all hang out. Or as Wilson Pickett would say. You know. Gonna wait till the midnight hour. That's when my love comes tumbling down. Ha! Or as Wilson Pickett would say in Man and a Half. It's the other half that knocks women out. That's why they call me a man and a half. Da, 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 da. Uh, Shabbat Shalom Ramble turned into uh, karaoke night. Uh, it's not even five o'clock yet. Thank you very much. So, yeah, so I have to call my dad tomorrow because the band is officially kaput. <laughs> and uh, that is, I got him this book about the bands that was like just about the bands. Like, I can't believe someone actually wrote this book. My younger brother would never get my dad anything like that. Although he did get, my, my brother was making money uh, in Colorado, managing a restaurant that my parents get money for. He got him a nice sweater because he got lucky at the blackjack table one. So that was a nice gift. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> so... But anyway, so for all you fans, old and new, buy the fucking last waltz. I can think of worse ways to spend a Friday night. Get on Amazon Prime. It's like $4.99, and you won't be disappointed. You know, Martin Scorsese also directed Woodstock. A lot of people don't know that. Another great Scorsese documentary is uh, Shine a Light uh, by the Rolling Stones. And he shot that at the Beacon, and you see... Buddy, a motherfucking guy, play uh, Champagne and Reefer, or Mighty Water Song, which is insane. I never 
knew who Buddy Guy was, but you see him perform. They're thinking, okay, so Hendricks is definitely guilty of culturally appropriating a lion's share of his uh, guitar tonality and, you know, blues shretastic self from Buddy Motherfucking Guy. Holla! <laughs> and Christina Aguilera is great in that too. So, I did not mean to turn this podcast into the, the same old podcast where I'm just making pop culture recommendations on uh, Collider. Is, is that a website that does that? The, um, <laughs> I didn't realize that my website surfing is very has been very limited for the past six years. <laughs> Gateway Pundit, American Thinker, Breitbart. <laughs> uh, but so I'm feeling loosey-goosey. Uh, I just sent my manuscript that's edited up the wazoo for the Koshitarian comedians to this reviewer, uh, Hina, who had reviewed uh, Waste the Height really short stories. And she loved it. She said she would love to review my next book. So we're throwing the dice again. And I did not hold back on Waste the Height really short stories. So I figured she could handle you know, some uh, Muslim Brotherhood jokes, <laughs> some more Obama bashing. Which is pretty much on the light end. <laughs> but I definitely don't let uh, the Jewish community, in particular, uh, woke rabbis at large off the hook in my book. Um, knowing that uh, they were all in on the clot shot in Operation Despeed. So if I don't say something, nobody will. Because <laughs> I don't think Robert Kennedy is going to write a book about going to synagogue. Because <laughs> he is less... Use for synagogue, then a monk retreats that sells abstinence with uh, know, koi ponds. <laughs> so, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he was um, addicted to heroin at a very early age. So, I like the idea of Robert F. Kennedy being the real deal. I mean, look. He's against the deep state. He's got blood in the game. And he wrote a fucking book about Fauci. And so, you know, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, this is a worldwide problem. And no one is, you know, calling for for heads. I mean, <laughs> on the comment section <laughs> of the Gateway Pundit and that guy in Utah that just got sh- uh, killed by the FBI. <laughs> but without naming names, <laughs> I uh, I would like to see some a justice served in this lifetime, Lord. <laughs> So uh, the evil can be punished for those aware of the death attached to these deadly vaccines, which should be shelled, and all this information should be revealed to the public um, in my lifetime. That would be nice. So suicide rates are at all-time high. So that, that, that's a real positive from the, uh, the COVID pandemic. And again, if like the hospitals were so overwhelmed at the height of COVID, then why did nurses, including my wife, have so much time to work on their elaborate TikTok dance routines? While their Chinese spying master overlords fledged themselves with a bunch of tweezers made in Wuhan! Wuhan! So I spoke with my son this morning. I realized that my wife is kind of turning me into this like, scared pussycat again. <laughs> I don't have an exact explanation. I think it's because, oh, we got paid. We got paid. <laughs> she got her check from her nursing job, and I wanted to go out and grab a, 
an extra beer, and she goes, wow, I know we just got paid. I'm like, okay, so you're intent on making me miserable. (laughs) I'm still celebrating my four-star book review, and the fact that the Coaching of Comedians is Kalos! No more chapter editions done. It's out there. If I self-publish, I self-publish, but I love this book because it's a showcase for all my children. And it's great. I love the ending. I love, I start off with Lucky Moron. And uh, I closed the book with some some new chapter editions, such as 100% Resistance. And where, you know, my daughter gives this like speech where she uh, she finds a way to trick me into not taking Adderall anymore by tricking me to get this body butter when we're in uh Ryan Beck, not Ryan Beck, we're in uh, Beacon, New York, <laughs> and she like shames me by calling me uh, Swifty in honor of Taylor Swift because of her continued like advertisement of Adderall, <laughs> I'm really Adderall, keep those lollipop looking clean legs in tip top shape. So I tie it all in. <laughs> Where at the end, she's like, okay, daddy, so... I know you bust my balls about Emma Chamberlain, my favorite podcaster that I planned to supersede one day, who does podcasts in her jammies. And you say, oh, so she suffered from long COVID, yada, yada, yada. But in the end, you have to decide either it's jammies in bed or body butter, slather legs, <laughs> your choice, Swifty. Holla! For sounding very loose, I am very happy with how I sound today. I should not sound this smooth. <laughs> I drank a lot of beer yesterday, and I smoked a lot of weed. But uh, I've been focused, and my brain's in tip-top shape. I mean, you know, I, I did 40 push-ups while waiting for my Nespresso this morning. Uh, and my son wasn't there to whip at his Michael spot for me to say, Nakosha, baby! All my little baby rules. Thank you very much! So I'm talking with my son this morning, and I realized, okay, so why are you afraid to call your children? Because, like, last night, I felt guilty. I didn't want to talk to my kids. <laughs> I was stoned, and I just was really stoned. I, I didn't want to talk to them. And been smoking the remainder of this weed that a bud gave me after he uh, took the liberty to uh, finish off my stuff that I wanted him to hide. Not hide, but keep, like, keep safe for me before we go to, like, George. And I hadn't bought like actual like green leaf in a long time. And there's a place in uh, in by Trader Joe's in uh, Danbury, Connecticut. It couldn't be closer. So, and I still slept in freaking Berkshire. So, I'm at Stanford, I mean, this is like beyond too good to be true. 40 bucks for like great green, tastes great. So, he substituted that awesome sparkly stuff for some of his own homegrown secret stash. And, um, uh, I'm not complaining. It's a little bit on the smoky side, but I obviously can't complain about the results because I've been buying an amazing podcast. Not on this stuff, but it hasn't, I wouldn't call it brain ra- brain rapage weed, but I've been getting totally carried away with like taking big hits and I've just, I missed that. I haven't, I've been on the edibles for a long time. <laughs> so I obviously have a oral fixation uh, issues to resolve. <laughs> So I was thinking, like, wouldn't that be funny? Like, I'm on stage. 
whether it be in real life or a character in a film or a short story, <laughs> that still makes me no money. And I said, yeah, so, you know, it was either, you know, weed or, or dick. <laughs> um, and I decided that uh, weed was more uh, self-destructive than sucking uh, Miss Kalina's dick to satisfy my oral fixation. <laughs> so, and you don't hear about like that often being presented in health that class. Okay, so is it going to be the pot or the dick? <laughs> so, obviously don't have any prepared material to deliver today. <laughs> but, so I spoke with my son and I was like afraid to call because I blew him off last night. And he's saying that, first of all, this is very weird that my mother-in-law like threw off his knick hat <laughs> and um, you would think he was wearing his older brother's Kyrie Irving jersey. <laughs> but I don't know what the fuck that was all about, but he made this passionate play for me to like visit him with mommy on Sunday. And it was very heartfelt. But then he started getting uh, fiery because <laughs> he's like anti uh, the... He's anti-mama uh, side of the family from the standpoint that he's very uh, pro-Jewish uh, and celebrating Hanukkah, and he he hates gnomes as much as I do, and <laughs> so, and he knows that I've been you know disrespected a little bit, and that. If he feels that there's not a wholehearted embrace of, you know, us raising like the kids Jewish, he knows that Mama threw a toy train in my head once when it, I went to have a conversation to her, her parents about raising the kids Jewish. Had they already had the Hebrew name, naming ceremonies, yada yada yada. And so he says, so I'm on the phone with them. This is my son messaging me. All right, and this is an example of you know bonding with their kids to comedy. So I had this concept for the show called Crack Me Up. Okay, what's Crack Me Up? Crack Me Up is a father-son show, father-son uh, comedy show, where every Sunday we make a new egg dish together, and the goal is to crack the other one up first. <laughs> and that's it, it's called Crack Me Up. <laughs> and so we try to make each other laugh over a new egg dish. <laughs> Do we actually make the entire egg dish? I don't know. We haven't figured it out. Well, we'll see what happens. But so he's saying to me now, Daddy, crack me up whenever you want. Crack me up always. <laughs> Let's do crack me up. So now he's all on board. And then he's talking about, I go, well, if I, when I, if I visit, what do you want me to bring? And he goes, bring your do-it-all daddy year hat. So I have this hat that has my do-it-all daddy year podcast logo on it. And he goes, bring that and rub that in Baba's face. <laughs> Which I thought was classic. The, um, Rub it in her face, daddy. <laughs> so, my son definitely wants me to be a successful comedian. <laughs> he definitely, all these insults with like mommy called me like an idiot and a moron and, you know, delusional and or the, the insults, you know, that are a lot. He's definitely taking it personal too. And I'll forget it. I mean, when I get that toy train in my head, he literally said this to my wife the following morning and he was like four at this point six now his mommy never throw a toy train at daddy's head again he's my best friend 
So, you know, contemplating calling this podcast, crack me up, holla! Or rub in time, holla! But we haven't figured that out yet. But yeah, Robbie Robertson, dead at 80. The band is officially kaput, but the last waltz, you got to check it out. And again, you know, growing up, you know, the biggest thing with my dad is that I just, I don't understand why he has not embraced, you know, my pursuit of comedy. Because my dad at one point was very funny and he used to crack my friends up growing up. And then my dad had a hard time sleeping. I got addicted to Ambien because my brother became a cocaine degenerate freaking at like 17 and this was nothing but misery ever since. I'm not saying I've been perfect, but you know, I haven't been arrested. I haven't been revitalized by Narcon twice. It's not a contest. I just... So... It's unfortunate that he's had to be such a negative buzzkill <laughs> about my pursuit of uh, making a living off, off of comedy. Because, you know, he, he also was a writer to some degree. Like, growing up, you know, uh, he would actually read me. We would, during Hanukkah, uh, we would... He would read these letters that he wrote to my mom, which were like love letters. And, you know, he definitely tried to make her cry. And, like, they, they were poetic. I mean, they, they and you know, that's rare, right? You know, growing up in a household, have like, you know, a father, like a, a manly father, but, you know, sensitive enough to, you know, read love letters to uh, your mother on Hanukkah. That was really nice. And, yeah, and he introduced me to Bob Dylan, the band. So uh, thanks, Pops, uh, for doing that. You know, Matilda, personally, she's like, yeah, Dylan, okay, he's fine. Band sounds a little repetitive. <laughs> I prefer Foreigner and Poison. <laughs> but uh, thanks for turning me on to the band, Dad. Uh, definitely made me feel uh, cooler and deeper and wiser uh, during my uh, adolescent Identity forming years, <laughs> and they still rock. And the last waltz is still great. And when I was up, I stayed at the Levon Suite, and I bonded with the owner Daryl. And hey, he said Levon Helm could drink, not Levon Helm, Rick Danko, drink anyone under the table. I found his grave a long time ago, which I couldn't find it the last time. And and then what else did I want to say about the bands and Rick? Danko. Oh, so they had this movie theaters on Tinker Street and really old. And they were playing The Last Waltz. So I was able to catch most of the movie. I showed up like a little late. I was having the most like indulgent meal. I was celebrating like my year without beer birthday celebration, <laughs> like week week celebration away from my kids from Woodstock. Uh, so where was I? Uh, what's the name of that great restaurant? That's outside of Woodstock. It is the it's one of the best steaks of my life. It was like I had this like sherry finish. What the fuck? Um, I don't know. This is weed is having a bad impact on me after all. <laughs> this is definitely stripping me of the funny. So I've been going through manuscripts, and so at this point, I'm thinking about uh, dividing up. United We Laugh from uh, Seriously Clowning. I really like the way Seriously Clowning like looks because Seriously Clowning would include the longer essays. And United We Laugh 
be more like a like joke poem, you know, type book. Uh, that would that you could like that would be mobile. That you could bring everywhere. And I like the sound and like visual of that right now. That I think it's working for me. <laughs> so I'm really glad that I could talk about my new plan of attack to make some money off my comedy. Uh, in this life, uh, wouldn't that be nice? Ryan Wilson lives. Holla! And there's a great documentary on Slash, which is awesome. You guys had like the coolest life of all time. But I met him in L.A. I thought he was half heap crazy. Most Jews thought he was part Jewish, but he's not. And his name is Saul. You know, he's got the Jewy fro. And uh, so I made some comment about being half heap crazy and. I remember making Slash laugh. I don't remember the exact like lines, but that's what I was talking about. He got a kick out of me. That was really cool. And then he went to his blackjack bar and he looked like a million bucks. <laughs> and Slash's new band, it's called um, Flash and Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. They are amazing. And this guy, Miles Kennedy, can hit notes like Axel Cam, and but he's a great songwriter. And his first album that Slash did was insane. Collaborations. The Wazoo. He's got Kid Rock on there. He's got, and apparently Kid Rock took forever to get back to him, which made me feel good when Kid Rock uh, gave me a love heart emoji when I sent him uh, one of my comment records a long time ago. I think it was Resist This. So that felt good. But And uh, Fergie sings on Slash's record. She's got the song called Beautifully Dangerous. And you think, okay, well, why can't Slash adopt her and you know find a place for her in the band? Because she's Dynamite. Dynamite. So this has been nice. You know, sharing with my audience, you know, musical influences, you know, that uh, excite me, that uh, light up my soul, that give me a hit of happiness too. Hits of happiness don't always have to be uh, based from uh, punchlines alone. But, so, at this point, I'm thinking I need to create a new email address. That's less porn friendly. Besides, do it all dad year at outlook.com. <laughs> we slut in a straitjacket at outlook.com was already taken. <laughs> Spamish shtick lives. Holla! Thank you very much. So let's just take a little stroll down memory lane. Uh, this is a man meet mojo rising, rising. I fell in love with a, a rosy cheeked Irish lassie last night. Any gay leaning thoughts went poof in her presence. <laughs> I never wanted to kiss a girl more in my life than I did that night when we came. So close, so close to cheek to cheek. <laughs> I bet her box tastes like pink delicious haired weed. <laughs> she was sanely by tolerating this pseudo drunk, rambling older Irish granny who admitted to being a uh, part Irish and part Jewish after pounding a jack on the rocks at an Irish bar outside of Grand Central on a Sunday night with some time to spare. Before my train left, I say part Irish and part Jewish. That means she's got the get of gab on both sides. <laughs> and if she has schizophrenia, she'd hit the trifecta. 
her entire Irish posse laughs. Long time! Almost immediately later, my rosy-cheeked Irish lassie, bursting with poetic pouncing, juicy flavor, says, You should be joining us. So, loin lost lives. Holla! Think we got our title. Thank you very much. Loin lost lives. Holla! Thank you very much. And I declare my love out loud. I wanna marry you, marry you. Morrison lives. Holla! Mojo rising in the motherfucking house. Holla! Loin lost lives. Thank you very much. I don't call myself a slut in a straitjacket for nothing. <laughs> My year without beer is coming up with a miraculously strong finish. Only 15 days to go. <laughs> so this was 15 days before April 18th. Don't ask me to do the math. <laughs> um, a degenerate Jew has to count with his fingers under the table while playing blackjack with the kids. Figure out simple arithmetic. <laughs> Breaking free from the chains of addiction to Adderall. For the past two months is kicking my flirty forward personality into perpetual rock solid motion with fetching older gals into my man meet mojo rising in the presence too man meet mojo rising holla loin lost lives thank you very much and would charles Bukowski drink alcoholic seltzers if it was drying out years in San Pedro extended till today. <laughs> or would the old mighty Bukowski deride White Claw seltzers as too girly man for his taste? <laughs> who toiled away at the post office being chased by freaking hound dogs on his routes? Who toiled away at the post office too long to identify with a non-essential Betty Draper? Holla! Bukowski lives. Thank you very much. This is the Doodle Dad Your Podcast. And that, just to reminisce a little more. So I ended up getting fired. The main reason was because, this is coming to Human Edge, was there's this trainer. And it's like this hick, but he's like a Jew. He played, he's like a bassist for Shaka Khan at some point. So that's pretty cool. But, and like his big spiel is, he lives on a ranch, like had a like roping talent or something like that. And, so apparently my company paid a lot of money for me to do this seminar and I don't want to do it. <laughs> I was doing deals. I'm thinking I just I don't want this guy in my life. And he was giving us this like sketchy spiel, which is he was like telling us to lie about having a conversation about a candidate and then like using that exact line when talking to a candidate, like, so my team was having a meeting about you and you know, and how it's impossible, you know, for software engineers at Google to be guilty of sexual harassment. Because your typical command line isn't massage my carpal tunnel. Oh, can I get a holla for going back to the well? Thank you very much. So later, we were supposed to have like a, a sample, like pitch phone call on our partner. And I was partnered with this semi-milf. From Florida, 
and she's Jacksonville, Florida. So she calls and says, so lying to a candidate about having a meeting about them is, is pretty sketchy, don't you think? I said, yeah, totally. I mean, the only time, you know, Hillary has a meeting about a candidate uh, with the DNC is a meeting to discuss how they're going to screw Bernie Sanders out of the nomination again. Holla! <laughs> Bernie Pro Tugs live. Thank you very much. So Honga, hardcore Honga, my lucky number three, all metal baby, bad boy, soy boy. Chosen Curls was bound to. Woo! I can't wait to make comedy magic with you, kiddo. You got the gift. I open with you with Lucky Moron, and you're a natural, and we're going to show the world. And I can't wait to bond with you more through comedy. And if we can make a living together, then I will truly feel more blessed than the rest. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of unplanned fatherhood. <laughs> very, very much. But just so we're clear, Lord, <laughs> this doesn't mean that I've completely forgotten my glorious firstborn son, <laughs> Arthur Morrison Cornbluth, the boy who raised himself. <laughs> Was hitch perfect voice of all time. He's going to design my book covers if I end up self-publishing. So I'm really excited about that. And he's perfect. And so is Matilda. And like I said before, Arthur and Samuel, you only exist because of the big beat. Holla! Effortless magic. Holla! Billionaire brain. Holla! Back where it all begins. Back where the beauty begins. Holla! Good Shabbos, y'all. Kanye excluded. Thank you. Oh, very much.